Assalamu alaikum, brother. Peace to the God. I got something to play for you before we start today's auspicious um, podcast. Okay. And you find it mighty fitting that I'm playing this. If I can find it. Hold on, hold on. Um, how you doing tonight? <clears throat> I won't complain, bro. I won't complain. Sound a little raspy. <laughs> <laughs> this should cheer you up. In the U.S. Army, this is called the farewell to a fallen soldier. Military facts. We've got two guests coming on tonight, hopefully. Um, So we're going to get started with the show, but I'll give you the first word, brother. (laughs) Well, uh, what was the motivation for playing that song? (laughs) As for your boy, 45. Who I still think is unmentioned. I still have no urgency to utter his name out of my black mind. And uh, it's um, certainly not something that I had hoped for, but it's a pleasant surprise. At least officially. Now remember, you can't get rid of glue. Elmer's glue that damn quick. You need some type of solvent to remove it from office. Well, I don't know, bro. I for 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 one, I don't know why you would play um that song as it relates to a fallen soldier <laughs> in America. And that this guy never uh, was a soldier. <laughs> but not only not only was he never a soldier, but I watched how the angels and the spirits of um, um, uh, the congressman from Arizona, mm-hmm. um, John McCain, mm-hmm. and. And the the angels and the spirits of John Lewis from Georgia. Mm-hmm. How, in my opinion, um, came to um, fruition or manifestation a manifestation mm-hmm. in those two those two places where um, historically Republicans have won in Arizona, mm-hmm. where he was so disrespectful of John McCain during his life. And during his death. Hmm. And the same with John Lewis. Hmm. Very disrespectful of him during his time of life and during his time of death. Hmm. And so to me, um, what I saw in this election as related to that, I saw um, what I felt like was a, a, 
manifestation of the angels of their spirits manifesting manifesting in those two um, those two districts. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I don't think that song is appropriate for him at all because he's not a person that has ever served. In fact, not only did he not serve, he um, had someone um, say that he had bone spurs uh, like on multiple occasions so that he wouldn't have to participate uh, in the military. You know, so, but, um, and, and, and last, lastly, I say, um, I think that, you know, in, in you and I back and forth diatribe about voting and not voting, I've always felt like people who, who didn't vote, voted by default. And by not voting, in my opinion, it was a vote for him by default. Mm-hmm. Ebony Eyes has joined the conversation. We are in the effing universe. Hello. We've given a proper send-off to the saltings in the box. Um, we are replacing one saltine with another saltine, but uh, nevertheless, we shall uh, continue through the venue. Welcome to the podcast, Ebony. Hello. Uh, you missed the uh, send-off party for your boy. I've been sitting here waiting on you. I'm talking about your boy in the White House. Oh, yeah. We had a fitting tribute. Brother Dr. Moore protested all the way. (laughs) But we had to send off nonetheless. It is only ceremonial. But uh, it's better than nothing. I just wanted to put that spirit in the air. Out into the universe. Okay. Um, this is one hour of black power thinking. Um, I don't know if Sister Angela is going to be able to join us. I sent her an invite. So see if that she see if she gets it. Um, any opening words, Sister? No. Okay, we're going to start off this podcast. Um, what's on your mind, Doctor Wayne? Um, but I'm actually open tonight. Um, we we can kind of go um, um, just kind of off the cuff, um, spontaneous. Um, yeah, I'm 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 kind of open. Um, uh, you know, you, you use the analogy um, replacing one saltine with another saltine. That is correct, sir. And. I don't know that I necessarily uh, agree with that. You know, I um, here's here's the thing. I I know that you, well, I don't know. So let me paraphrase or let me summarize or ask for clarification as it relates to you and your thought process. Um, In in our previous conversations, um, I 
have talked uh, extensively about how I feel um, the voting process, the the um, the election process, how I think it is effective, um, particularly for the black community. Um, I don't think that you feel the same way. Am I correct? That is correct, sir. Okay. So I I I, I think um, my my bachelor's degree is in political science and history, and uh, for me, being a political science um, major, you know, when I started to to read all these um, historical um, cases uh, as relates to, to, to Black people. I, I think we kind of went into it uh, last night, Brown versus Board of Education, Plessy versus uh, Ferguson, uh, the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment, the 19th Amendment, just all these different things. Um, for me, I feel like uh, all of the successes that Black people have realistically made have come through, come through the political arena. And what I mean by that is, unless it becomes law, then you, you really can't enforce it. So to me, I don't know how we don't become a part of the political arena and, and be effective. So- Tell that to the Asian community. I'm just so talking like, about the black community. I don't know. Tell I, that I can't, to the Italian community. But 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 so I, I have to disagree tell that with to any community that doesn't speak English, but, but lives I, in this country. But I but I, they I, I don't disagree. have the crutch, nor do they have the desire. I disagree. I disagree to work with others that don't want to work with them. You I know what I, they did instead. I, I they disagree. Built their own. And that just, gave them the power and leverage to integrate into society. I we disagree. Have the comfort I of disagree. being nearness to Pharaoh. And I that disagree. is our lot in life. Because while it is a benefit, it can also be a curse because we rely too much on the system for things that the system has historically and consistently told us. We must wait. I disagree. We waited and I think three that's... days for this um, whistle to go off that we was free. And, and I don't the think that's the case. Jubilation, they may have forgotten who is in office and where we are. So I played the taps not just for 45 but for us too. Because if we go down that road, you're going to see that there's one complication after another that is going to come up in this so-called victory. And we're going to say, oh, if only we had this, if only we had that, when we already have everything that we need to do the right thing and we fail to do so. Um, now, what is that? What, 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 now, all of what you said, where does that come from? How do you legitimize what you just said? Because you just you, 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 you need, need no authority to to put it. Yeah, out but you, but, yeah, but yeah, but you need to substantiate that because you talk about a whole According lot of different communities. To 
voting mechanism, maybe. But perhaps what Ice Cube did was say, forget the voting, forget anything that anybody existing has talked about. Let's go right back to the programs that have never been enacted into law, which you just um, alluded to. And those laws are what's called dead legislation. All so you mean to tell me within that contract of Black America is the things that they have not enacted. So you mean so to it's tell about me a choice that, that that they have chosen that niggas must wait, and if we don't right. realize that, it's nothing bro, wrong you, with that. Or bro, what you're saying, bro, what you're saying doesn't make sense to me. In that number one, it does ice does Ice Cube speak for you? Number two. Ice Cube is the what Ice Cube did is the hypocrisy of what he's saying he's trying to do. He actually went if if, if he's anti politics, then why in the freak does he go to a, a, a Donald Trump to ask for help for black folks? It doesn't make sense. So 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 what you're saying in terms of Ice Cube, Ice Ice Cube goes to the slave master with a plan. To the slave master to say, "Can you help niggas?" So how, how does how, how does what 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 you what you're saying or what Ice Cube saying makes any sense as as relates to benefiting the black community? Because it deals with reparations. We have not been repaired in order to take advantage of the vote in which we are now enjoying the liberty of, but not the um, solution of it's not a solution until we are at liberty to enjoy the what's, laws what's, what's, what's preve- Okay, so so what's to, what, what's preventing uh, you from enjoying those liberties? What's what's, 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 versus, what's preventing um, you? What was what was the uh, the famous case? Sanford versus um, what's the um, the slave case? Dred Scott. Which one? Dred Scott. Okay, that's the one. That's, what did that? What, what about was it? the ruling in that case, brother? The ruling in that case that was a case of eight. I want to say eighteen sixty four. I think I think that's the date. Uh, but don't quote me on that. But Dred Scott was actually a free man, right? And what uh, had become him? free. I, I'm okay. I'm trying to articulate it. All right. So do it because we're at the fourteen minute mark. Okay, so basic, basically his argument was um, he wanted white people to respect his freedoms. This is like 18, again, this is 1860. Let, 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 let me break it down for you right quick. Let me break it down for you. One sentence. was an enslaved African-American man in the United States who unsuccessfully sued for his freedom and that of his wife and their two daughters. And he lost the case. Bruh, what and was the ruling point? of the judge? Tanya. That, yeah, the ruling said that there is no loss in white America that we have to respect. Right, and, and that, the and, Negro, and, and, and that was the case. The Negroes, bruh, that's bruh. What you're saying doesn't make sense. Number one, that Why was, that doesn't was it make a, sense. He was unsuccessful it, then. 
bro, experience unsuccessful. Dude, dude, right brother now. Douglas, bro, brother Douglas, that's not true, bro. And and why in the I world are you stuck? And I'm trying that. to I'm I'm trying to articulate it. You you are stuck in 1864, prior to the Civil War, prior prior to before slavery was before slavery had ended. So it makes sense that a court would have said that 1,800 years ago. That's not the case today. <laughs> uh, what did Fannie Lou Hamer have to say about voting in politics, brother? Fannie Lou, Fannie Lou Hamer said that if you are going to just sit around and wait for God to put something in your hands, then you are waiting frivolously. She said, it is not enough to sit and pray and pray all day and then not go out and do something for yourself. Do something for yourself. She said, prayer is vain without works and without action. Hmm. And what is voting without action? It, voting is action. It is the epitome of action. That is incorrect, sir. How? 1964, because you're talking about 1800s, weren't, we weren't successful. 1964, Miss Fannie Lou Hamer is part of the Freedom Democratic Party. Is okay. that right or wrong, brother? I don't know if it's right or wrong, but... I'm going to read to you right off of Wikipedia. It's, there's some things that we can just easily look up and we can take them for word. Okay. She was unsuccessful in her bid. She ran for president twice. Did She's not know? the only black woman that did that. Right. Yeah, she she, she yeah. did it also. My <laughs> worked for Shirley Chisholm when Shirley Chisholm was running for president of the United States. This was before okay. um, Jesse Jackson. Okay. Jesse Jackson was unsuccessful in running for president of the United States. In fact, he told us, niggas, you must wait. And that is why Minister Farrakhan had dropped him like a hot potato because he refused to do the block vote with all of the black votes that he had in his favor. He won more yeah, but, but why, than but, but, Joe Biden. Yeah, but, but, but why, but but why are you stuck in... Why, why, are you, why, why, why are you stuck because in these I'm historical times? the history of voting and how we almost came to the mark so many times and falling short. And so again, what, now but I sent you a two-hour video. I sent you a two-hour video for a reason. Two hours, this man articulated brilliantly what we have to do after we have participated in this election. Who is this still, man? What man are you talking Carr. about? I just sent you Professor Carr. Well, bro, video. I'm sorry. I don't have two hours to just sit down and listen to a video. So, but but anyway. And, <laughs> but and, and he's going to tell you what we right? need to do but, 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 after but, the but, vote. Right, it's and not, listen, listen. as a people listen, are not prepared to listen, do that. Listen, listen, bro. I don't know who Carr is, but I will listen to him when I have Aaron the time. But, and, and Professor let me, I, Okay, but let me finish my point. But Carr has a perspective. Ice Cube has a perspective. 
but he doesn't speak for me. I don't know him. And and what he feels like I should do or what Ice Cube feels like I should do, I don't think there's one single person that should tell all Black people what they need to do. I think that we have to work in a collective. If what Brother Carr is saying works for me, then that's fine. If it doesn't work for me, that's fine too. But I, But I think that to rule out other people's recommendations and suggestions and and for you to send me a video and say oh this is the guy that we need to follow i don't think that's fair to me i think that what i need to do is listen to him it may be something that i can or cannot do or it may be something i can add to something that we can do but i think that wanting wanting all black people to be homogeneous and get on this one page and follow one nigger i think it's unrealistic I, I, as much as I love the Nation of Islam, I don't think the Nation of Islam is for every black person. I don't think the Orthodox Islam is for every black person. I don't think the Christianity is for every black person. And I think when we get past, you know, these these these, these homogeneous one ideology, in, in in terms of what we need to do as black folks, I think we get someplace. And I just had to rattle your cage at the 21-minute mark in DFU Universe. When you come back, I'll let you articulate exactly what we have gained. Um, I just wanted to pull out my counter, and I prepared you all for it well in advance. I gave that video to everyone at, um, earlier in the day. I know that perhaps it's not um, something that everybody can um, view, but it, it in the title it says what we must do after voting, and um, that's just not something realistic for the masses of black people. It is just as unrealistic as saying that without voting, we can't go forward, because other communities in America, in these races, United States have put together some type of plan, whether we they are included in the um, into the um, fabric of America or not, they are going to be sustainable. And I don't think we have done that. And it's just a counter argument. It's never anything that says we have to follow it. It's just you have to open your mind to a counter-argument to voting. And you have to see that voting has its limitations. It's not everything. At the but, but I, mark, yeah. We'll be right and, back in DF and Universe. I gotta um, take a quick break. Um, give me two minutes and I'll invite you both back in. Okay. Peace. Peace. I'm here. Welcome back. Waiting on the doctor to come in. Okay. And we are back in DF and Universe. One hour of Black Power thinking. We just had um, a slight debate on whether the effectiveness of voting is um, viable, even today in 2020. 
where we have so many restrictions lifted that we did, and freedoms enjoyed that we didn't have in the 1800s. But there seems to be one underlying theme to any of our efforts in the political arena, and it's always that we must wait. Even the I, great I, I Dr. Think... King, um, with his struggle in the civil rights era, wrote a whole book on why we must not wait anymore. He began to see that the political arena was not necessarily the right way to go. It wasn't impossible to go that route, but we couldn't stop there. Bro, I, I think, you know, I, I feel like I'm talking to a dinosaur, bro. I feel like he's, <laughs> he, he's I feel like you're he, he, stuck in you're you're stuck in time, bro. And 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 the reason why I I'm I'm saying that, and I don't mean to be insulted, um, but 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 I, the reason why I'm saying that is because you keep going back, dating these historical cases, right? And if 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 I deal with contemporary day, right, which is modern day, we just had in this election a southern state like Georgia turn blue. This is the first time that has ever been done. But if I go back and make the argument that Georgia has always been racist, Georgia has always been X, Y, Z, that, there's some validity in that. I get that. But what I'm saying, but, but, but what I saw in what Stacey Abrams and that uh, Black female um, uh, 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 mayor in, uh, in Atlanta was able to do it is spoke volumes to how effective voting was at this particular time in Georgia. And so this state that historically a Republican conservative person that running for president, they would have won that by a landslide, but it didn't happen. The same thing happened in Pennsylvania. Same thing happened in Detroit. So in, in all these different communities where I saw historically black people didn't come out and vote, but they did this time. Places like Philadelphia, where black people where black people came out in droves and voted, it showed me. That, and not only showed me, but it showed the world the the effectiveness of black votes. And so, it, when I hear it, it, it disturbs my heart to 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 say to black people, voting doesn't matter. And I'm not arguing that voting is the only avenue, but to Council voting is problematic, and I think it's never said that. Never I didn't say that you did, but but what I'm saying, and I'm and again, I'm not saying to to me, voting is like if you just say I voted for the president. To me, that's like saying I want to lose weight, so I'm going to get a gym membership. You get the gym membership, but you never go. So so what what I'm saying is voting for the president. That's one step. There's a lot that I mean, you you gotta vote on every election. You you got to be a part of the process. And so I'm saying it's it and it is instead of looking at it as just voting, I think we as a black community, we have to do more than just that. I, I you know, you, you voting for the president is one thing, but I think that's long term, that's long-term goals. But you gotta vote on your you gotta vote on your local election. You gotta be involved, you know, in uh, on all levels as it relates to voting. As when when it comes to the school board, where your kids go to school, who's on that school board? You need to be involved in that. 
on, on, in, in, in your local elections, who's going to be judges, who's, you know, who, who's going to be city council. You need to be involved in all of that. So if you're sitting back and your argument is not you, brother Douglas, or you, Sister Abney, that I don't like Joe Biden, I don't like Hillary Clinton. It's not about liking them. They're not coming to Sunday dinner with you. They're not going to be your best friend. That's that's not what you're voting for. You know, but it is a part of the uh, uh, of the goal of what we want in the black community. And what I'm saying is, if you are not participating, you don't have a voice. You 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 don't respectfully to me if, if you're not going to be a part of it then how it I remember um I think I said this in the past um I remember the first time Brother Douglas told me to meet him at the slave theater and and this was a, this was a Wednesday night and so I came to the slave theater and I'm sitting in the audience and Al, Al Sharpton is coming out so Al Sharpton comes out and I'm looking because he has security coming on the stage. And I see Brother Douglas coming out, leading Al Sharpton in, in security. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, damn, this nigga's on stage with Al Sharpton. And I remember feeling like really, really shocked. Like, bro, why you ain't tell me that you did detailed all security, you know, you know, for, for Al Sharpton? But but what I remember the most about that particular first meeting is that Al Sharpton said, if you not if you're not a part of the process, then you are on the sideline throwing rocks at the people who are actually doing the work. You're not doing the work, but the people that are doing the work, you you are being a critic of them mm. throwing rocks at the work and the efforts that they're doing. Um, Sister Ebony, um, can you give us any uh, insightful words? Um, he pretty much said it all except for if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Cool. Um... We're at you gotta show up, man. You gotta show up. And in all things, not just in voting. Um, in all things, including voting. There you go. And um, I, I believe that Brother Wayne, Brother Doctor Moore Wayne, is saying the same things, but um, we have a, a disconnect on what it actually means. The the abstract meaning of all of this participation doesn't have to necessarily come in just one form. It comes in all forms and we may not agree with one methodology or another, but we all need to be doing something. And um, I think we can all agree upon that. Even if we I, have um, disagreements I, on those methodologies. I, I absolutely agree, and but but not only do I absolutely agree, but one of the things that was most attractive to me uh, attending March number seven, when Dr. Khalid Muhammad was Supreme Captain, mm -hmm. is I remember on Sundays, he used to, he he never turned anybody away. He used to always say, "I don't care if you five percent, I don't care if you Hebrew Israelite, I don't care if you Christian, I don't care 
if you whatever, but come here on Sunday. Mm. We we welcome you. We, you know, come 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 here. Be a part of this too. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't be anti the nation because you, you know, Hebrew Israelite because you uh, uh, Orthodox because you X Y Z. He was like, no, nah, bro. You know, I, I I want all of you. And and he, here's the thing for me, you know, coming from where I come from, <laughs> you know, th- for me, you know, coming from the hood, coming from the street, coming from being poor, welfare food stamps, you name it, projects, all of that. And 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 going to where I am now, you know, where, where I mean, not only, you know, having a doctoral degree, but being, you know, a member of Omega Sapphire fraternity, being a member of Press Hall, uh Mason, there is nothing. The only thing that limits you in life is you. Right. That you you you're the only because it's funny because I remember reading, I don't know if it was a Quran or the Hadith and when I was younger and there was something in there where a person was having uh, a walk or a conversation with God and he was saying, well, you know, when I was on earth, I didn't, I wasn't able to do this and I wasn't able to do that. And the response from God was, well, I made man that caliph. Caliph means ruler of the planet Earth. Did not did I not make my earth spacious enough? So the only person that's limiting you is you. Because, because God says, whether you're reading the Bible or the Quran, you know, I make man the ruler of the planet Earth, you know, of the things that are that, that are beneath the sea or the things that are in the air. But but I created all those things for you. So to me, you know, I don't walk in any arena and, and I am a stranger. I'm not a stranger to anything because all of this belongs to me. So I walk in any classroom, I, you know, you know, any in any of those worlds that I would have not normally being raised the way that I was a was raised, I would not have walked into those rooms comfortably, but I do now. You know, I can walk into, you know, the most intelligent classroom. I can walk into Greek society, Black Greek society. I can walk into press home. I can, and, and, and the only thing, and the, the only thing that's limiting is when I run into brothers who tell me, oh, you shouldn't do this. No, I say, you know what I say to them? Oh, no, you shouldn't do this. And because I'm sorry. No, because it, it, it is them putting limits on me based on their limitations. At the beginning of this uh, podcast, um, when I when I played the military taps, um, you said to me, I don't know why you celebrating <laughs> because you were not a part of the process. And I, I think that... Uh, that's why I fired back. Um, I don't. I don't know um, how to put it in the correct words, but um, it should be a victory for all of us, whether we participated or not. And that is the first mistake we made. Very true. As, as That's very people. true. 
if we don't want to share in that um, hunt, even if we didn't participate in the hunt, um, like back in the hunter-gatherer days, certain people went out to hunt and track the animal. Certain people were back preparing herbs and other stuff. But to come back with the, the game and say, you can't have them because you didn't go on the hunt would be a mistake. And this is one hour of black power thinking. And that's why I wanted to rattle the cage just a little bit. Okay. And I, and, 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 and I appreciate that. And, and so that takes me to a place, right? When I was with, um, again, you know, I, I, I was a dude that when I graduated from high school, I had no intentions on going to college. You know, I was a street dude. I thought I was going to get rich selling drugs, right? But at some point, I was able to go to college, right? And so while I was in college, one of my closest friends, um, I'm not going to give his name, but he was from Columbia, South Carolina, and his dad was a big-time lawyer in Columbia, Columbia, South Carolina, because I went to South Carolina State in Orangeburg. But one weekend, I went home with him. And while I was there, we were having a conversation with his dad. And we were talking about the, the, the sit-ins, right? And where, <clears throat> um, like during his dad's days, when, when he was an undergrad, there was these protests and these sit-ins and these, you know, these marches and all these different things that these college students were doing. And what he was saying to me and, and to his son was, Everybody didn't participate in those things, right? He was saying that they were, you know, only certain parts of the community, black community participated in that. But he was saying that, but as a result of those riots and sit-ins and the people that died, all of the black community benefited from that. And so in my head, I always remembered that, right? Because I was like, wow, you know, because that's always the case where all black black folks are not participating in activism. They don't want to get, they're not marching, they're not protesting, they're not, I ain't getting killed. I ain't getting, and it's, it's interesting because I remember um, asking my grandmother, you know, and my mom about what role they played in the civil rights, you know, era during the 60s. And, they, and like, like my family had absolutely no role whatsoever you know, as related to protesting, as related to doing anything um, that was was going to be beneficial to the black community, they did they didn't participate in that at all. And and so when I would ask them questions, I was like, so during this time, what were you doing? So you know, you when Mal Malcolm X got killed, Martin Luther King got killed, what were you doing? And and my grandmother would just be like. I wasn't doing nothing. I wasn't getting involved in all that. And and I can remember this empty feeling that I had, like trying to figure out, because I was still young, like, you know, why were you not, acting, why were you not, you know, participating? I, I now look back and I, I understand them now because they were, were not that group of people that were educated and sophisticated, you know, or anything like that. So I understand it now, but then I didn't understand. I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm not getting it. I'm, 
not really understanding that. And uh, going back to my original point, um, having visited uh, my friend's dad, who was an attorney while I was in college, and him telling that story, one one of the biggest things that stuck out in my head was when he talked about the marching and the protesting that they did and the people that benefited from that, as well as the people that participated, it was everybody won, whether you was a part of it or not. If you were part of the black community, you benefited from it. It's almost like Brown versus Board of Education. You know, whether you were a part of it or not, the black community as a whole benefited from it. Yes, sir. Um, one of the things that um, I'd like to address tonight is the it seems to be an air of snobbishness with uh, people that have a college degree that somehow allows them to be the director of Black Struggle. And I don't think that um, that is absolutely a right way of thinking about Black Struggle. Um, What was your experience, uh, Sister Ebony, with um, the rest of Black people that didn't get a degree? What do you feel about them? Um, I feel that not all degrees of learning have to come from an institution of higher learning. There are many people, if they had as much street smarts as they have book smarts, the world would be a different place. But if it wasn't for those street smarts, the book smarts wouldn't mean a damn thing. You know, you gotta, everything has its purpose. Everything has a purpose. You know, I learned from people that were street smart, always be aware of your surroundings. You know, girl growing up in the suburbs, skip de doo, I wanna do this, I wanna do that. You know, but it was other people in my family that told me, yo, slow down. You got to look and see what's coming from the left and the right. In the front and the back. Because, see, I was going to a restaurant and just sit down. I was not conscious of where the door is and that the man should always sit facing the door. I wasn't conscious of that until someone told me, no, nah, ma, that's your side of the booth. I got to be able to see the door at all times. To warn you of what may come in the door to cause you harm so I can protect you. It was those street smarts that I didn't have that I later learned from listening to people that taught me those things because I was all books. I was the perfect candidate to get robbed. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I saw my cousins actually get robbed over on the west side of Chicago that I realized, hey, some of this being aware, you know what I'm saying, did pay off. Because I went home with my daddy's car that night. That wasn't their plan. You know, it's hard Hmm. backing up down the street seeing your cousin with a gun to her head. 
But had I not had some street smarts, I'd have been lined up on the side of that church along with the rest of them. What about um, education? Um, Is everybody in education um, an activist? On some level, they down down for the black struggle. They may not be out for the black struggle, but the black struggle benefits from their knowledge. Hmm. We all benefit some way or another from other people. That's part of being in a community. Hmm. My struggle may not be like your struggle. But that doesn't change the fact that it's a struggle. Hmm. We get different things from different places. You know, I may learn something from your struggle that I didn't learn from my own. But that's Hmm. because you have the book smarts to go along where I may not have them. But that doesn't mean Hmm. I can't learn and I can't benefit. Yeah, I think that uh, Martin Luther King had um, the the backing of um, SNCC. Is that correct, uh, Dr. Moore? Yeah, well, not SNCC, but uh, SCLC. Right, Southern Leadership. The, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Yes, sir. Uh, SNCC was what, uh, what was no, uh, uh, Student uh, Nonviolent yeah. Coalition. Yeah, that was Stokely. He was that was Stokely Carmichael. Right. But but I, I but I think that you raise a valid point, right? Um, and and I think it's a very valid point um, in terms of um, education and um, snobbish. Snobbish. I, I'm going to correct snobbishness. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that, that correctly, correct. but. Um, that, I think that's a very, very valid point, and it really needs to be addressed, because I think that thinking that you have an education does not equate you to be lead, to be in leadership for Black America or, or Black people, or think that you know what Black people should be doing. And and the reason, and and and, and so, and in a very um, simple comparison. <clears throat> Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, right? Like night and day. Malcolm X had like a eighth grade education. Uh, Martin Luther King had a doctoral degree, right? But they were both effective as related to the black community, hmm. right? And, and and so I think that if you are looking for black leadership to come from some uh scholarly university or something like that or a person to come from there then I think that that limits um, your ability to grow or see other people's growth because I can tell you like the reason why Ice Ice Cube was effective in certain communities is because he came from a a particular community and even though he's a rich guy now he wasn't always rich Mm. so there, there were people in communities that come from where he came from which gave credence or validity to what he had to say because they felt like he he's a street dude, even though he ain't no street dude now. He may have used to be a street dude, but he's not a street dude now, right? Kind of like Jay-Z, right? <clears throat> Jay-Z may have come from the street, but he ain't no street dude now. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's, it's, but 
his level, but Jay Z Jay Z doesn't have a college degree, but it doesn't take away from his intelligence. And so and, and I and so I think that people lose their their way if they are valuing someone's perspective based on a college degree, right? And because and and even as ways to join my friendship, the only reason why we're having this conversation now, it ain't got nothing to do with you having a college degree or not. But my respect for for your level of intelligence, <clears throat> you know, I've always re- respected who you were, you know, intellectually, you know, and regardless of what degree that I have been able to obtain, I still, not just you, but I, I mean, I grew up with people, you know, from the streets that are some of the smartest people I've ever mm-hmm. met in my life. And you're definitely you're definitely one of them. So, you know, I, you know, I think it's a misstep or short-sightedness for people, um, particularly people of color, um, if they're looking for guidance or leadership as it relates to academics. I don't think that that's the measure or the bar of measurement that I think we should utilize. Yes, sir. And we have another 25 minutes under our belt. We'll come back for the third and last segment. 20 to 25 minutes of black power thinking in DF and universe. Call you right back. Peace. Peace. And we are back in DF and universe. One hour of black power thinking. Waiting on Ebony to come in, but we're going to start the podcast. Solutions, brother. We are talking about the Martins and the Malcolms of the world. Um, I don't think, um, I think one of the, the smartest things they did was realize that they couldn't work in the same kitchen, but they could both produce um, some type of food to um, maintain the masses. Yeah, bro. So, so, so here's the thing to me, right? You know, we can argue about voting, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, so, you know, so my argument would be, okay, um, it's not just voting. You know, it's like, what else do you have going on? So let's look at when we look at the '60s, and it's it's confusing to me how people don't know history because. And I'm talking about simple history, right? I'm talking mm-hmm. about people like when they see um, the Martin Luther King march on Washington. I, I don't, man, I don't know where this where this comes from, but there's so many black people that will say we used to be united. You when Martin Luther King was living, we used to be united, and I'm like, what? Like, do you know niggas hated Martin Luther King? Niggas hated Martin Luther King as much as white folks hated Martin Luther King during, during the 60s. And, and when you look at the March on Washington, you think all black folks were there? Hmm. They, on, they only showed you the black folks that was there. Hmm. They, didn't, they didn't show you the black folks that weren't there. And so when... Not so, only so, that, um, you can take the, um, the Million Man March. What you saw that day on the... Um, in D.C. wasn't 
indicative of the the picture in the um the struggle because that was just people that showed up for a photo op. Not everybody that was there was down for the cause, but it was certainly celebratory. Um, it was a ceremony, and it looked it looked impressive. But when yeah. we went back to our respective cities, those people didn't show up to help continue the um, the things that were supposedly talked about that we promised to atone for in our communities. We're still killing each other. We're still disrespecting the black woman. All of the things that, that well, what happened to the Million Man March? You happened to the Million Man March. But I also must be very careful in blaming or saying that you didn't participate so it wasn't successful. Well, but 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 I I think in welcome fairness, back, Ebony. Go ahead, uh, Doctor Moore. But but I I I think is in, in fairness, um, we started off by talking about what um, in, in talking about the history of um, kind of uh, black people being on one page, and historically, you. you Black people not being ever being on, on one page, and so we started get we got into this whole nineteen um, sixty three sixty five march uh, on Washington with, uh, with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, and people feeling like all black people were on the same page, and it's like you when you do that you negate you know the fact that there was a SNCC that there was a, L, uh, a SCLC that there was a core that there was a nation of Islam, that there were all these, there was a Black Panther Party, there were all these different things happening at the same time. And so when you say Black people on the same page, it's like you don't know, that is so ignorant because to me, it's like you don't know the history if you say that. Because hmm. you negate all of those organizations that existed during that time and what they and what their efforts were. That means that you don't know what the Panther Party was doing during the sixties. You don't know what Core was doing during, you know, during the sixties. You don't know what uh, SCLC, you know, or SNCC. You don't know what those organizations were doing and how effective they are. If you're only telling me black people were united and they showed up, you know, on the march on Washington Nothing for Martin Luther King. Further from the truth, right? That's that's what I'm saying, bro. So I'm. It's like when when I hear people say that, it's like wow, you're so misinformed hmm. and you're standing, you're standing strong on something that you don't know. And it's unfortunate or it's not fair that you are not going to educate yourself further than that because you're only looking at a picture or you only have this one resource that you're stuck on talking about black people united. Hmm. And they weren't. And, 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 and it's, it's crazy because if you, if you read anything about Martin Luther King, when he wrote that letter from the Birmingham from the Birmingham jail, he was writing that letter to other clergymen. Mm. He was saying to them, "Why have you all left me by myself? Mm. You know, what, what, why, why are you all? I am here in jail. Mm. Why, why, why have you all abandoned me? 
Hmm. And and he was reaching out to other clergymen because they have basically said, man, look, you're becoming an agitator. Because Martin Luther King was saying, look, I want to lead this poor people's march. I want to do this. I'm going to do that. And they were like, man, you're going to get white people upset. We ain't with you on this. He was we ain't with you on the this. troublemaker. Right, right. And, and so they were not supporting him. And he, the letter from the Birmingham jail, and it's like, this is easy stuff to know. And this is <laughs> you know what people like consider him a troublemaker. Right. That's, a, that's, that's my point, bro. I'm like, you know, how do you not know this history, but you're making an argument that all black people are on the same page? Same thing and, 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 with um, Al Sharpton. He was considered a troublemaker. Right. Most people right. preferred to stick behind Jesse Jackson because Jesse Jackson was safe. And um, so so was um, Martin Luther King in the context of Malcolm X. It was safer to go with um, Martin Luther King than to do anything to support Malcolm X while he was alive. Bro, bro, Barack Obama has to had to distance himself from his minister. Hmm. And that's why, and that's why I keep. That's why I was like, you know, pressing you earlier because I'm like, I understand the historical perspective you're coming from, but let's get, let's just get into modern day. Hmm. And in modern day, here's the thing, you know, you know, Barack had to not only distance distance himself from his own personal minister, but yeah, he had to distance himself from Minister Farrakhan. He had to denounce that. that he, not only that that um his what he was saying was wrong but that he didn't even know and that was that, that he did that he didn't him. support him right and and, and 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 that's and that's why I'm that's why I was honing in earlier so hard because I was like okay bro I get the historical content of where you were coming from I get it I I I you know but moving forward how much progress have we made and that's where I was trying to get you Right. That's that's the point I was trying to get you to because it, 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 here's here's the thing at the end of the day, just hold fast, bro. Black people said to Joe Biden, "What are you gonna do for black folks?" Right? Mm. Stacey Abrams, Killer Mike, you know Charlemagne the God. They're different black folks that that said to him, "Okay, so what are we gonna get from this?" They held his feet to the fire and they said, and 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 early on, Biden said, Well, I will elect a black woman as my VP. Mm-hmm. They didn't let that go. They didn't, they did not let it go. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Now, here's the thing, and, and this is what again where I'm going back to when I was holding your feet to the fire when I was going to modern day is what saved Joe Biden early on was South Carolina. Hmm. Was Jim Cl- Jim Clyburn mm-hmm. when when he won that when he won South Carolina mm-hmm. that changed the dynamic of the game for him. Mm-hmm. He was losing, mm-hmm. but when Jim Clyburn endorsed him, mm-hmm. boom, game changer, game changer. Mm-hmm. And and all all I'm saying to you, bro, is is I under, I know the the historical background. I get it. I I. I Bruh, you know, you and I both got historical roots in the South. So we know that. Right. 
but 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 going forward, who are you? Who are I? And you sent me a picture of of, of my my man, your brother. Mm-hmm. You know, him smiling <laughs> that his vote counted. Mm-hmm. But 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 it ain't just him. But it's people that have moved. Black people that have moved down south. Black people that have been down south, mm-hmm. black people that are being raised down south, whether it's South Carolina, whether it's Georgia, whether it's uh, Alabama, whatever. These black people are waking up. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and what I'm saying is, is that voting in these places cannot be something that you cannot be a part of. You cannot do that. And, and, and to disencourage people in these places to do that, you you, you it's it, it's almost like saying, you know, we ain't gonna vote because historically this ain't changed nothing. And instead of saying we are going to do this, we're going to make a change. We're we're going to not only we're gonna vote, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna we're gonna do all of this. And what I'm saying is today. In modern day, voting is changing in the South, and it's changing in the North, and it's changing in our communities. And now we have to make voting not only for the president, but in our communities. We we got to get out and know who the school board people are. We got to know who the county council people are. We got to hold people accountable for what they say they are. And I, I ain't, I'm not losing the, the street game to that. I'm, 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 I'm including the street game to that. I'm saying, you know, let's not just do, you know, the, the, the shit that, you know, we historically haven't won at. No, I'm saying let's do that too. But you can still be, you know, gangster as it relates to not killing one another, but gangster as it relates to holding the city council accountable, holding the school board account, uh, accountable. We got to do all of that, bro. Mm-hmm. So I don't care if you blood, you crip, you whatever. I'm saying, look, at the end of the day, man, look, we have Joe Biden, but we have a black sister. But not only we have a black, I mean, I'm talking about graduate from HBCU. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I mean, there's there's pros and cons to all of it. We ain't winning across the board, but I'm saying we in the fight, mm-hmm. and I'm saying that's what we gotta be. We gotta be in the fight, bro. And when we're not voting, to me, we're not in the fight. Mm-hmm. And 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 in closing, this is what I'm gonna say. Remember Malcolm and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad having conflict because Malcolm wanted to be a part of the march with Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. And Alam Muhammad was telling him no. But Malcolm wanted to be a part of that. He wanted to get down in the streets. He wanted to march because in the beginning, before that march became what it became, black people were just upset. And they were like, you know what? We gonna go lay on the airports. We're going to go down the freeway. We ain't letting no cars come in. We ain't letting no planes come in. We ain't doing, we we stopping all of this crap. Mm-hmm. And what, what white America and Kennedy said to Martin Luther King is, hey, you got to get in front of this. 
And and Martin Luther King was like, well, shit, I ain't started. And he was like, well, shit, but they respect you. And so if you talk to your community, they'll listen. But if you can get your community to listen, then we'll join you. Hmm. We'll join you. And that's what and that's what ended up happening. But the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told Malcolm, no, we can't get involved in that. But what I'm saying is in our evolution of growth, we gotta learn from our history. Hmm. And we are at the 15 minute mark in the effing universe, one hour of black power thinking. Um, Sister Ebony, your thoughts. I'm just sitting back being educated. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the um, the rivalries of um, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X? I'm not educated enough on the on the um, situation to have a valid say so. So y'all carry <laughs> on. I uh, know what I, I know and I know what I don't know, and that's something I don't know. I, so I actually, you, you are well qualified because um, you've heard of both of them. What was your impression of, of each um, of each of them? They both wanted they both wanted what was best for black people, but they had different routes and plans to achieve it. Hmm. One was more of us join the white people. The other was fuck them white folks. We can build on our own. Hmm. Now, 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 hear what Sister Ebony just said. Now, prior to Martin and, and, and Malcolm, there were two other people that preceded them that felt the same way, that, that were black. That is correct. W.E.D. Du Bois and Marcus Garvey. Nope. Well, Mark, yeah, that's true. But W.E.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Hmm. Because, see, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, what you call them came before both of them. Hmm. Mark, Marcus Garvey came before both of them. But, see, Booker T and, Buck, and W.E.B. Du Bois were right there at the same time. Hmm. But having different ideologies, just like Malcolm and Martin, they both existed at the same time. And just but like both you of them, and me right now. But I, right, right what now. I want people to understand is that these are patterns. We haven't been able to break the patterns, and because we cannot break the patterns, everything that looks like it was a a, a mistake in hindsight back then two powerful people working together back then was not realized is the same thing that we still face today. And and that's and that's the biggest argument that I'm having with my brother right now. Mm. Is because I'm saying to him, bro, we have to learn from history. We we can't repeat the same history that we have come from. We have to look at where people that preceded us, where they went wrong. Mm-hmm. Right and 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 understanding where they went wrong and not repeating their mistakes and that's why I'm saying to my brother as much as I love him, look, bro, we can't do this. We we can't continue to be on different paths. And in 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 that, let's 
let me take your agenda, but take mine. Because because his, because historically, what we've done is, is is we have isolated ourselves historically in, in terms of leadership. Instead of coming together, we have been on the fringe of one another. And 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 what and, and so now we as the sons of of, of W.E.B. Du Bois, Book, Booker T, Malcolm and Martin, we're we're the children of them. So we should have learned from our parents. And in learning from our parents, we shouldn't be making the same mistake that they made years ago. Because if 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 so, then it makes what their life and what they committed them, their lives for, it makes it futile. So my biggest thing with you is like, bro, I'm I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. But I'm telling you, don't not vote. <laughs> you know, because because here's the thing. So if, if we go past uh, uh, Malcolm and Martin, and we go back to Booker T and W.E.B. Du Bois, and kind of, talk, kind of the conversation you talked about earlier, where we were talking about education, <clears throat> W.E.B. Du Bois graduated from Fisk. Then he was the first Black graduate to graduate from Harvard, right? So academics, you know, was, was a big thing. But Booker T ended up starting Tuskegee. And while there were academics both involved, one of them felt, Book uh, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois felt like we should get involved in politics. But Booker T felt the, he felt opposite. He said, no, we don't need politics. What we need is land. And what we should do is get land. And we should build from the land. And I think that when they, they were both right, they were both right. Kind of like you and I making an argument right now. They were both right because we, because the reality is we need both. So if 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 you are arguing with me, telling me, you know, it's not so much about politics, bro. We need to do this. We need to get community involved. We need to do blah blah. blah. I'm not arguing that. And that's and that's and at the end of the day, I want you to understand that's my biggest point is I'm not arguing with you against that. But what I am saying is, you know. Don't alleviate this other part of it because Du Bois was right, you know, to a certain degree with what he talked about in in, in what he called a talented tip. But his talented tips went into some black bourgeoisie things. But it he he when he talked about education and what education could do for us, but the reality is this is that going forward in, in life, you can't get away from the advantages that having an education and the opportunity that it will open for you, right? But while you can't get away from that, you can't get away from the, the advantages of owning land and creating your own will do for you. But, if, but, but here's the power to me in that, if you combine both of them. Hmm. And that's, that's where we're at in DF and Universe. We're at the 21 minute mark. One hour of black power thinking. Um, any last words or thoughts or solutions? We'll start ladies first. I think that we have to quit agreeing to disagree and agree to both work together. Everybody has a role. You know. Everybody has a role. Everybody has to play their role. 
And as long as the role is for the advancement of black people, then I think we have a common goal. We just have to find a way to work together to achieve that goal. Dr. Moore. I I, I agree with the sister. Um, I think Sister Ebony is on point. I think that everybody has a role. You know, um, you just have to, you got to pick up your mantle where you are. You know, and I, I don't think it's fair to um, leave it to one person or leave it to one group or leave it to one process. I don't think it's just about voting. I don't think it's just about um, community organizing. I don't think it's just about, you know, spending black dollars in black community. I don't, I, 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 I think what Sister Ebony said was, was, was powerful and, and key is that, you know, we all got roles to play. You know, but <clears throat> and understanding that, you know, pick up pick up your banner where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, she the, the sister to me sounds like she's saying, "I'm gonna run my race," and and I got this, you know, baton. Mm-hmm. As soon as I run my race, I'm gonna pass yep. it off to you. You gotta you gotta run your race. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do mine. You gotta do yours, and. If, if you're not going to pick up the mantle and be like, no, nah, I ain't running. I'm walking. <laughs> I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair to the rest of us. Yes, sir. And I think as Black women, one of our major roles is educating our youth, educating our young. You mm. know what I'm saying? As Kamala said, this was built on the, black, on the backs of Black women. Mm. You know, we have a role. While we may not be out there running the marathon we're preparing the runners Hmm. so when their day comes they can get into the marathon but you just can't go cold turkey and just say oh i'm gonna run a marathon no you gotta train you gotta be bought up in that and as black women that is part of our role with Hmm. our youth with our seeds the black man has a role in that as well just like you know perfect example um my son's father asked him why was he still sitting down to pee like a girl when he was about three (laughs) years old i told him i said i can't teach him how to stand up and piss that's (laughs) your role i can teach him what i know which is to sit down handle (laughs) your business as a man it's your responsibility to teach him and show him how to stand up and pee like a man (laughs) i can't do that well, I probably could, but that's not something I'm comfortable in. Some women mm-hmm. are comfortable in that. That's not my thing. Mm-hmm. And we have to recognize each other for what we're strong at and what we're not strong at. And as a community, you have to pull the part for where I'm not strong and I have to pull the part for where you're not strong. We have to run a marathon. Hmm. that said (laughs) we're going to end it right there Um, we put it out in the universe this um, hypothetical argument Um, but at the end of the day there is a common bond Mm -hmm. and a common fight 
common struggle. Mm-hmm. We'll meet at the crossroads. Thank you for joining another episode of DF and Universe. Good night. Peace, love, and light, baby. Peace. Peace. And we're back for the after show. <laughs> well, welcome back, brother. Yeah. Um, that was pretty interesting interaction. I thought of two words, microcosm and macrocosm. Um, what transpired between us was the micro or the smaller version of a much bigger version or um, dialogue that we need to have in the black community or black struggle, black power. Um, So easy for us to get into our corners and um, stay there. And sometimes we need an impartial referee. Um, or we we won't um I don't think it's it's much about coming together as it is growing strong in our individual rights well you know i, I you know i think it's a i think it's a lot bro honestly i think that um you know and what I do for a living you know is is mental health mm-hmm. right and so uh Mental health is a is a real big issue, and so I think sometimes in how we see ourselves and how we want to be seen, you know, I mean, it's it 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 becomes a big deal, hmm. right? And 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 in so much as it's, uh, that sometimes it 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 blinds us in who we really are, right? And and I'm not saying I'm the most grounded person, but I try to stay grounded. And when mm-hmm. I say I try to stay grounded in that, um, I, I, man, I, I tell you, there, there are people that don't say it to me, but say it to other people. Um, like, oh, you know, he ain't the same person. You know, <laughs> he's different. He changed. You know, and 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 that's fine. You know, I, I, I you know, I don't have a problem with that because I am, mm-hmm. right? But, but. I'm different and I'm changed if you didn't grow with me. Mm-hmm. But if you if you grew with me, then you saw my growth. Mm-hmm. But it but 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 if you stayed the same, then it's a problem because you wanted me to stay where you were. Mm-hmm. And and now, you know, it it aggravates you or frustrates you to some degree that you see me not as a person that I, that I used to be. And for me, I feel like why work this hard to to be the same? (laughs) That doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I didn't work this hard to be the same person. And if you have not worked this hard, but you work this less and you're you're still the same, it makes sense. Mm 
mm-hmm. which but it's not fair for you to want me to be where you are and you not having done the work that I've done. Mm-hmm. You know, so um so kind of what the conversation went into for me tonight, um, I and I what what I thought was 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 a huge conversation was when we got into um talking about the piece about um you know, education and, and snootiness and, and things like that, because I think that uh, that's a big barrier for us, you know, as, as a black community. I, right. I think that... Um, a big divide. Yeah, and, and, and I think that it's something that we feel, but it's something that we, we don't talk about. Hmm. Right? And what I mean by that hmm. is, you know, nigga, I ain't gonna say you think you're smarter than me, or you mm-hmm. think you're better than me, mm-hmm. but I think you think that you are. Mm-hmm. And 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 so, you know, I didn't get into this in the earlier podcast, but <laughs> it's interesting because um, in in um, there's a Spike Spike Lee did a um, uh, a movie called School Days, mm-hmm. and in in that movie called School Days, there was a restaurant scene. Where, um, oh my God, what's his name? Lawrence Fish, Lawrence Fishburne, and there was some other cohorts. Um, Dwayne Wayne, um, and there was two other guys. I think two or three other guys, mm-hmm. but they were in this restaurant and they were having lunch or dinner or whatever, and they 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 were part of the college life. But these other dudes were part of the local life. <laughs> local life meaning that's where they live. That's all they knew. Um, so they thought a certain way about the college students. Mm-hmm. And so one of the guys from um, uh, uh, the college life went over to the table and I think he asked him for can I, can I borrow the salt or pepper or whatever. <laughs> and they was like, look, college boy, you know, but, but you know, and so there was this big thing. Now, mind you, here's here's the contradiction. The contra the biggest contradiction was the locals view the college dudes as people thinking that they were better than them, mm-hmm. right? But here's the other contradiction that was ingenuous on Spike Lee's part. Because what he was able to do was why he showed that of the local natives that didn't go to college, but the people that came to that town that did go to college, mm-hmm. and, and, and the divide was he was able to show that those same dudes that went to college had the same issues with the people who pled, pledged a black Greek fraternity. Mm-hmm. Drop the damn phone. Go ahead. All right. So the same, those same guys that had an issue with those native people that were from that town, mm-hmm. they also had an issue with the black Greek fraternities that was that was on the campus. Hmm. Because while those natives felt like they thought they were better, they felt like the Greek fraternities felt like they were better. Mm-hmm. 
So here's a huge this, that's that's a three part mental divide mm. within our black community in and of itself. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the working class that doesn't have a college education that's divided between the people that got a college education <laughs> divided among the people who, you know, are a little bit more well-off than the ones who got the college education. You see the three divide in that, that one community? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and so in hearing you ask that question, it, it was powerful in that there's a huge divide in the black community. Hmm. And it needs to be examined. And right. I, I think you're most qualified or best qualified as a uh, psychologist to get to the uh, root of the problem. It's not necessarily a problem. It's just an, an examination. Most of um, psychology doesn't deal with problem. It deals with examination or observing situation and trying to sort out the feelings rather than rights or wrongs. At least I think that's the way psychology works. I may be wrong. But um, one of the things that um, I just looked up as I was talking to you about the school days um, restaurant scene um, was linguistic variation. So it's basically saying that there are two ways to say the same thing that would put you at odds with a person from a different background. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the listening audience a, um, a, a bit of homework because we keep having these powerful conversations and we want people to extract from them the lesson, even if we can't see it ourselves. Because it, it's better to see it from an um, observation than what you can see being on one side or the other. Okay, but 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 can can, can I give this um, the result of what ended up happening in in yes, my sir. real life situation? So so again, you know, I'm a person that that comes from the street, so mm-hmm. there's. You know, I'm I, I'm a person that, you know, you might see me in a white lab coat and, and and all that stuff, and I might look one way, but you might end up in an alley with me and feel like, wow, that was a bad mistake. <laughs> and 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 I'm not saying that in that I'm a threatening person or whatever, but no. I just I just come from a place of, of right. you know, being able to defend myself and will defend myself. So what? But what ended up happening in this situation was. We I, we were at this restaurant, mm-hmm. and you know we were just sitting there, me me and some colleagues, and mm-hmm. the local people, local one of the local guys came in, and we were just you know laughing and joking, and a guy just walked over to the table and said, you know what's so funny, <laughs> and and he was like I make more money than than all y'all, <laughs> and I was like. You, you know, some <laughs> other red flags start raising up in my head. Was like, 
you know, I don't know where this is coming from, but mm. it's it's reading wrong data in my head. It's reading something <laughs> else. So, you know, at first, you know, we were trying to ignore it, mm-hmm. but the guy kept going, going on, on, and I was like, at some point, I was like, wait a minute, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. So then he started talking about y'all college people think y'all better, and blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, yeah. At some point, I just stood up and was like, look, dude, <laughs> let's remove these titles. <laughs> About college and and, and street and you know mm-hmm. this just you know dismiss that and and you know you going someplace else that's a whole different level. <laughs> Let's just say that didn't end well, and I'm not gonna I, I won't <laughs> right get into I won't get into further detail with that, but I'll just say that uh yeah that, that you know um just you just got to be careful, man. You know who you dealing with, how you dealing with, right. Because I, I I think that he 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 misexamined the situation because he just thought that he was <laughs> you, you know just old books in those streets. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, a, a lot of people are gonna underestimate us. Um, I, I guess that's the the norm of uh, human interaction. Um, that homework that I'm going to give everybody is to look up on uh, Google school days restaurant scene and extract from it what you will. There's no right or wrong. It's just observations. And on that note, we will uh, give you the last word DF and universe. Yeah, bro. Um, you know, I was looking for the for the opportunity to, to grow and to build. Um, and I think that um, this environment allows allows us to do that, but not just um, allows us to do that, but also um, to kind of go some places that are uncomfortable sometimes, hmm. um, just to get comfortable. Hmm. You know, uh, and I think that that's where this podcast started off tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we we went some places that was, <laughs> you know, kind of uncomfortable. You know, uh, but only to get comfortable because sometimes that's that's you know, particularly you know as it relates to friends. Mm-hmm. You know, but not only as it relates to friends, but in terms of understanding, because a, a lot of times our discomfort is our our discomfort is in our lack of understanding right right and and what i mean by that is i see somebody an example i see somebody um making loud noises every time i'm on a bus or or every you, you know um every time i'm in close quarters with them mm-hmm. i don't understand why they're making that noise mm-hmm. right but it's causing me discomfort mm-hmm. but when i realize that the reason why they're making those loud noises, mm-hmm. or they're doing, they're doing what they're doing that's agitating me, mm-hmm. is because it's uncontrollable to them. Right. Right. And they don't have any control over it, or that what they're doing is calming themselves. Right. But it's now that I have an understanding, compensation. 
Right. But now that I have an understanding of what they're doing, there's a comfort to me understanding that. Right. And I think that what happens a lot of times is in our lack of understanding why a person is doing what they're doing, why the world is doing what it's doing, is because we lack the understanding of it. Hmm. But when we gain understanding of it, it creates a sense of peace for us. And now we're able to center ourselves in it. Hmm. That's deep. That ends the podcast. We still got another five minutes to go. Um, now I'll talk to you in my regular voice and not <laughs> voice to the audience. I was saying to myself, um, the the um the conversation was um meant to rattle. It was meant to um take us out of our comfort zone. And sometimes we need to do that. It's a sparring session, but um we both know that um we're friends at the end. But I'm I'm gonna challenge you on every damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> that I feel that you get a little too comfortable with. Your thoughts? I welcome it. <laughs> yes, sir. I welcome it. Um, again, you know, if 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 I limit it to um, thinking that it has anything to do with degrees, then we couldn't have this conversation. Hmm. But, you know, to me, you know, I feel like you're one of the most intelligent people that I've ever met in my life. You know, so you know, I I work on the challenge at any time. I'm like, because <laughs> <laughs> it ain't got nothing to do. It ain't got nothing to and do. I with still degrees, can't beat you at chess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do it, brother. <laughs> but I'll figure it out. What are you goddamn days? <laughs> hey, right. Well, here's here's a disadvantage that 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 you have. Right. I know too much. <laughs> well, it, well, the, the one thing is that I spent, you know, some time in jail. <laughs> you learn from the ex. Yeah. So, so I used to play this guy, man, when I was in jail. <laughs> this guy was like an ex-junkie. Mm. But he was so vicious in playing. <laughs> like, 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 like when this dude would take my piece, I mean, he'd be like, I, he would be like, I got your bitch sitting on my dick type of shit. Like, and I'll be like, you know, I, I didn't know how to deal with that shit. Right. So, I mean, like after the game would be over, I'd be go, I would go back to myself and be like, I, you know, I'd be in some kind of way. Yeah. I'd I be feeling some kind of way, but, 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 but look, bro, let me tell you the biggest memory I have about playing chess in jail, right? Mm -hmm. So one, one day, me, me and this junkie is playing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see this move. I think it's a great move. I think it's a great move. <laughs> so I do what he's been doing to me. Because when he, he'll just take my piece. When he, when he take my piece, he snatch it off the board. Right? Snatch it off the board. And so... I did that shit to him. I, I, I saw this move mm -hmm. and I snatched the piece. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I snatched the piece, I said, oh shit, made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm going to tell you something. He's an older guy, right? Now, I probably could have kicked his ass. Maybe I could have. I think I could have. 
But he said to me, he said, let me tell you something, young blood. This is how you talking to me. This is how you talking to me. Like he, like he can kick my ass, right? School days, right? He said, he said, let me tell you something, young blood. You, you could take that piece you just took. You could take it back to your cell. You put it in your pocket. You put it in your ass. I don't fuck what you do with it. But you better not put it back on that board. And 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 I, I was like, and and, and, and bro, Douglas, here's the thing. What I say, I said. Uh, but I made a mistake. I made a mistake. And let me tell you what he said. And this is and, and here's why here's why this is powerful. I, I said I made a mistake, man. I, I moved too soon. He said, let me tell you something. He said, there's no such thing hmm. as moves made in mistake. Hmm. There's only moves made out of turn. Hmm. <laughs> Bruh, I, let me tell you. I have not ever in my life forgotten that, bro. Hmm. <coughs> and that's why we need to examine strategy instead of arguments. Because I've seen brother going to Washington Square Park in New York by NYU. I've seen these same dudes. I don't know if they've ever been incarcerated or not, but they, they look disheveled. And these... um white boys come up with their rim glasses on and they challenge these guys and they cannot beat them for no reason <laughs> but then i saw another strategy i saw one of these um educated white guys come and he bought his little 13 year old daughter <laughs> she beat the hell out of the, the guy that sits there and plays all day. So yeah. you may not be able to beat a person one way, but there's always another way to skin a cat. Bruh, let me tell you. When I came out of jail mm -hmm. and and went back to and went back to college, mm -hmm. I used to walk around with my chessboard <laughs> on my book bag. But I would leave the book bag open so you can see the chessboard hanging out. Right, take his ass open, <laughs> but because I, that's just how arrogant and confident that, that like nobody was beating me, bro. Like I, I you know, I, I spent that time in jail and came out. I was like, and I was on a college campus. I was like, nigga, I I was so ready for a chess game any day. Or I I'm not there now because chess is something you got to do. You got to play, right? You know, and and, and I, I've taught my son and my daughter, um, you know, you know to play, but mm -hmm. they, they they don't play enough, so they aren't, they aren't skilled. Right. But they know how to play. Right. But, bro, I was so skilled. I'm telling you, bro. Listen, li listen to me. There was this dude that used to play me. Mm -hmm. He played on. He, he was um, he played on a basketball team. Mm -hmm. And this dude used to beat me. Like he could literally beat me in three moves. <laughs> I came out of jail. <laughs> It was over. It was over. It was over, bro. No more that three moves shit. That three moves shit. I, I like I like you, you know, like I could see him coming. Right. But he would jump out there, I'd be like, oh nigga, I see that move. Ten. I see that shit. You know, so and, and I would just kill it. As soon as I saw him jump out there with the move, I'd be like, oh, no problem. I know where you're going. But but it, it, it's it's kind of like boxing, mm -hmm. right? 
you know, when, when you know, once you learn how to counter, right? Once you learn how to hold your hand, right? It's a different, it's a different ball game, right? You you can almost tell, you can tell within five minutes of a fight whether or not you gonna win, right? Or whether or not you're not, because because to me, like even at my age, if a dude throw up his hands mm-hmm. and he throw him up wrong, mm-hmm. he he lost right. already. Because mm-hmm. I'm ready, because because I can tell. By the way you hold you, by the way you stand, right. and the way you hold your hands, I I know whether or not I think you know this is going to be a competition. But if but if you if you throw your hands or you stand up wrong, oh bro, this shit about to last like five seconds. I'm gonna, really, you know, I'm gonna really shoot this shit to your ass, and this this about to be over. I think um, I think that's what leads to uh, Mayweather's confidence. He ain't even got to follow the rules of boxing. You got to put up your hands and block. He ain't even got to do that. He can examine whatever you throwing, and he's got mm-hmm. an answer for it. Mm-hmm. And remains undefeated in his cockiness. I can't stand him sometimes, but um, mm-hmm. in his cockiness, there's a knowledge that can't be. Uh, Defeated or hasn't been defeated yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing, yeah. and uh, we're going to go after that. Um, we're at the 25 minute mark. Just a conversation after thought. Um, Kasparov is written of in the book 48 Laws of Power. And he was playing, he was challenged by one of the, the new. Um, honor guard of chess and uh, that started coming out of places like the Ukraine and um, Russia, all of these uh, Eastern Bloc countries. And um, he had already known how powerful the chess players these guys were. But now they're getting into the international market and challenging people like Kasparov. So Kasparov comes there and um, he's late the first day. He's never been late in his life. He's late the first day. He's late the second day. And he loses both games to the to the guy. So I, I guess it's a best best of type of tournament. So he comes back and he wins. And he not only wins, but psychologically, he broke this guy down so bad that the guy never wanted to play chess again in life. And he blamed it all on Kasparov. He said that you tricked me into this confidence that made, that makes me know that, that you did something. You did something to my brain, and that should be illegal. He sued um, for an illegal mind, um, mind fuck, as you will. <laughs> because he shouldn't have been been defeated so badly, but he was given that confidence so early in the game, and Kasparov didn't do any of the moves that he would normally do. But what Kasparov was actually doing was studying his opponent. And uh, I think that's what we have to do with this black stroke, study our opponents. Any um victories that we have we better examine them closely because we may be being set up 
How about that, brother? Well, um, I, I here's the thing. Um, in, in hearing what I've just heard you say, um, mm-hmm. what I want to be careful of is being paranoid does not mean you're not being followed. Hmm. Right? <clears throat> so, to me, I think that um, you you are right to uh, examine and re-examine, you know, um, whether or not we're being exploited or, or anything else. But I think more than more than that, um, I think individual responsibility starts to take place. Um. Because hmm. waiting on us as a unit to to get on the same page, I don't think that's fair. I don't I don't think that's fair to all black people. Hmm. But what I do think is fair right. is holding <clears throat> one another accountable for doing what we need to be doing. And and so hmm. I think that um it's not about whether or not we're getting played. But it's about what we're doing individually. Because if you're doing your part, you really don't have any control over the masses of black folks. But if you but if you're doing what right. you're supposed to be doing, you can raise a flag all day about what it is that you are doing and what it is we should be doing. <coughs> <clears throat> But if you're not doing that, then you know you 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 can't. To me, to me, this is subjectively subjectively. Um, mm-hmm. You you can't raise a flag if you're not doing your part. Mm. So I think we all have to do our part. It's a, it's it's kind of like being a parent, bro. Um, doesn't matter if you and the wife aren't together. But what are you doing as a father? Hmm. You know, because the, yes, the mom may not ever meet her mission or do what she's supposed to do. But do you meet yours? Hmm. Or do you blame her for not being the mom that she should have been? Hmm. <clears throat> hmm. And is that and is that your hmm. excuse for being a dad? That you should be. Hmm. Yes, sir. And on that note, it's five oh three a.m. in the morning. Congratulations to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And. Peace and black power to the black community and peace to the world. Peace. Peace. I'll see you next week, brother. Stay strong. Peace.
Thank <laughs> you.